And greetings from the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. 20 years ago this summer, the Boundary Waters and other parts of northern Minnesota were impacted by what is forever known as the Boundary Waters Blowdown Storm. On July 4, 1999, the storm roared through the region, impacting the wilderness area and the lives of many thousands of people. WTIP, the community station here in Grand Marais, where the podcast is recorded, is looking back on the blowdown storm in a series of commemorative features and interviews with those who experienced the blowdown storm firsthand. In part one of this series, we hear from Grand Marais resident Cindy Carpenter Straub. During the blowdown, Cindy was camped on Pine Lake, which is a beautiful lake located on the far eastern side of the Boundary Waters. And also today on this short track, we hear from Mike Stewart. He was the meteorologist in charge at the National Weather Service station in Duluth. Mike was working the afternoon of the blowdown. As always, thanks for following us here on the podcast. Check out our Patreon page for bonus footage and features, including some coming out soon about the blowdown, as well as some fishing in the Boundary Waters. Check it all out, patreon.com. WTIP Boundary Waters podcast on Patreon. But now let's hear these stories about the blowdown storm of July 4th, 1999 that roared through the Boundary Waters. Um, We're wrestling with this tarp, trying to save it. I remember hearing a scream and then I was just compacted into this very tiny size and um, I couldn't move at all. And there was another gentleman with me that also got impacted by the tree. And I remember him saying, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I could barely say, I'm not. Hi, I'm Cindy Carpenter-Straub, and I was in the blowdown storm of 1999. Well, that day we knew it was a very unstable situation. And when I had come in that morning, this large storm complex had formed just west of Fargo, North Dakota, and was moving across northwest Minnesota at the time when I came in around 8 a.m. I'm Mike Stewart. I'm the meteorologist in charge of the National Weather Service office in Duluth. And I was working the day of the July 4th, 1999 blowdown that moved through the Boundary Waters. First thing, we had a kind of a stationary front. We call it a stationary front. uh, Laying across just south, probably along Highway 210 from Brainerd across to Pine City into northwest Wisconsin. We had a strong southerly flow that was bringing up very warm and humid air up into northern Minnesota. I remember that day reminded me of days where I grew up in southern Indiana, southwestern Indiana where I grew up. It was very warm, very humid. Uh, temperatures were in the mid to uh, mid-80s. Dew points were in the upper 60s to low 70s. It was very, very uncomfortable because that isn't type of weather we have here. So we knew it was going to be, it's very, very unstable, and storms are going to form. 
And when I came in that morning and saw that stuff was already developed, the storms were already developing over there uh, west of Fargo, we knew all day was going to be busy. And as the thing developed and got more intense, we like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Here's what uh, it's going to get more intense as it comes across. So we really knew from our training that, okay, this is going to be an intense storm. It's going to have high winds with it. It's going to have heavy rains with it. Uh, yes, it was a an annual trip that we used to take over the 4th of July holiday uh, with um, a group of my friends. It was uh, very gorgeous weather, almost too hot. Very muggy, very hot. I think it was late afternoon, maybe 3, 4 o'clock, um, maybe a little bit later. It was 20 years ago, so I don't exactly remember. But um, we were all in awe of the beautiful, strange color uh, that the evening was turning into. It had this um, very eerie, greenish color, and we all kind of knew that that was usually some kind of weird weather coming. If uh, with the green, the green color, the turquoise color, that's actually ice, hail up in the clouds. Uh, and then as the sun goes down through the clouds, it refracts, and that's why you get the green cloud, the turquoise cloud. And that's why with, sometimes with strong thunderstorms, you see, you know, it turns green, and then you get hail. It's because of the sun coming through, refracting off the ice. And in this case here, you had hail up in the clouds, but it was so warm, most of the hail melted as it came, fell down through the atmosphere. And that's why there was not that much report of hail with this, especially as it went through the boundary waters. If there was, it wasn't very big because a lot of it had melted. But that's why it was green. The storm itself is called a derecho, and what it is, it's a long-lasting long area of very severe thunderstorms with high winds and uh, with the and torrential rain that's associated with it. This storm went from eastern North Dakota all the way across Minnesota, across southern Ontario, into upper state New York, near Albany and north, and even went out into the ocean, Atlantic Ocean. Uh, it was that long-lasting of a storm, which was an amazing uh, event. For me, this was one of my top uh, five storms I've seen in my 33 years in the Weather Service uh, because how intense it was, how um, amazing of a weather complex it was, and the amount of damage it did, which was uh, 30 miles long, 12 miles wide, and about 476,000 acres of trees were damaged, uh, uh, knocked down. I remember that um, some of my group had gone down to watch the waves on Pine Lake because they were extremely high. And um, I actually didn't see those because as the wind and the rain started to come, 
I, we were trying to protect this tarp that was over our fire so that we could have a fire and enjoy the whatever weather came. And um, that's when it all started. <laughs> In addition to trying to save the tarp, I was also trying to stay dry, but um, I quickly realized as I'm standing under the tarp that the rain is going sideways. So we're all getting soaking wet anyways, even if we have you know, a rain jacket on. Unless you're wearing rain pants, you're still soaking wet because it's coming from the side. It was instantaneous. And because I was under the tarp, I didn't really see anything. I just was compacted and it was dark because the tarp was around me. And then I remember one of my friends was with this superhuman strength. He was ripping this tarp and the branches and they got me out pretty quickly. Um, but it was uh, hard, you know, once you're crushed down like that, um, it was hard to move. You know, everybody was worried that I had like a broken leg or arm or, and so they were very delicate when they tried to get me up. And I think I was probably moving pretty slow too. And then I remember we took cover under another tree, similar size. Once it's upended, the roots kind of leave this gap um, towards the bottom end of the tree where you, that's the only thing we knew to do is, you know, the trees are going down all around us, so we better, we better find some shelter somewhere. What it did, it kept feeding off the moisture as it moved across. It basically, like, hey, I had all this moisture, I'm going to keep going here. So it kept going, and also that it, in a way, made its own weather. It created some more lift and the dynamics in the atmosphere, and it kept uh, feeding on itself, and it just kept going and going because it just kept redoing itself and adjusting itself to the atmosphere and made itself stronger uh, as it moved across. And it was a perfect setup for that, those uh, type of storms of the duration that usually happens across the northern plains and in uh, the upper Midwest. Well, I knew my shoulder was messed up and my ankle was messed up, but, you know, I could get around okay. Just really bad torn stuff in my shoulder too. It took a long time for that to heal. Um, we made a crutch actually out of a tree branch and I used that. When the initial storm kind of let up, then four of my group actually decided, that's it for us, we're out of here. <laughs> so they loaded up in two canoes and paddled out. After the big windstorm, it let up for a while and they decided to leave but it was uh, our annual 4th of July trip, and I was not leaving. I mean, I didn't have any broken limbs. I thought I would be okay for a couple more days, so me and the other two, we stayed. <laughs> it's a beautiful experience, and I just did not want to cut it short. There, it's gonna happen again. 
uh, you're going to have just a you know strong, war- very warm, very moist air up across this. You may have a front that is not a very strong, but it's like a stationary front. It wobbles back and forth, north, south, north, south. And when it moves up further north here, that's enough lift to kick off some thunderstorms. And if you've got a lot of moisture feeding on, uh, to feed on, it will just keep developing and keep moving and keep growing. And it is going to happen again. This is part one of a three-part series focusing on the July 4, 1999 blowdown storm in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness and Northern Minnesota. This project is supported in part by funding from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.